First things first, Michael. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Very good to hear. So before we talk about the record, I'd like to start somewhere else. When you get home, what music do you put on? No music, period. Ask her. <laughs> How come? Because when I was 17, 17 and a half, I decided or knew intuitively that, uh, um, you know, I made the decision not to copy anybody anymore and, and stay away from music because at that point it was clear to me that what calls me to be is to express, uh, to focus on the, on the uh, art of lead guitar with pure self-expression. Since I was nine years old, I was fascinated with the single string mm. and that never left me. And so it's the, you know, and, and basically I fell in love with the music of, of, of Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, The Purple, metal music, you know, and, and so I decided to use that as a screen, mm -hmm. that kind of music um, with the distortion and stuff and to, to paint or draw my uh, the, the art of a, a solo guitar um, with pure self-expression on it, you know, and, and that's what I've been doing all my life. So uh, you say you got fascinated with the single string when you yeah. were nine years old. Yeah. Do you remember that moment? Or yes. You, what happened? Yes, because the guitar was standing there, and, and, you know, I wake up and the guitar is standing there, and I go there, and I go bing, and go you know, to the next note, and, and it was just like, that's how it started, uh, especially, you know, with the, with the, with the uh, you know, being so interested in, in, in music anyway, and hearing the hit parade every night in the radio, and so it was, um, you know, even though there was a, there was a piano, there was a violin, mm -hmm. there was cooking pots I would be drumming on, there was singing, I love to do harmony singing, you know, since I was three years old maybe, okay. But the guitar associated with the music that we were listening on the radio tour and, you know, of course, never understanding lyrics. So lyrics were always taboo. There was no lyrics ever, okay. ever, ever. Not even when I was 17, there was no lyrics. Okay. And, uh, and so it was always sound and always uh, the single string. And I was, you know, I would be going guitar hunting um, when I was 14, you know, to festivals, 15 years old, mm -hmm. to see if I can get see a new... Uh, a great guitarist, and, and, and basically I was in love with, uh, you know, Jeff Beck, um, Jimmy Page, uh, uh, Eric Clapton, Leslie West, Rory Gallagher, Johnny Winter, you know, all the late 60s guitarists, you know, all the great ones, you know, they, they uh, I couldn't get enough of, you know. And then, you know, 17 years old, I understood that, you know, that uh, I um, would pref prefer to, from this point on, to show how I see it. Uh, in other words, I kind of understood that in every hat there is a world, you know, mm. and, and that world can be shared or closed. And so I will never know what's inside somebody's head unless they open up. And so, and, and whatever comes out is something unique, you right. know, and different. And so I, I did that, and I call that, you know, fresh colors. Like, it, it comes from the, from the inside of my world, mm. and uh, it's like a kaleidoscope, you know, infinite, and uh, and um, and if you keep doing that, eventually, what what you know is coming out of it over the years, you, 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 as a byproduct, you create your own style. Right. And then also by not listening to music, 
because the brain is a sponge. It immediately, mm. you know, absorbs everything and, and you copy automatically if you like it or not. And so you, you don't get really um, consumed and, mm. and, you, and, and you keep fresh, you know, in, 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 a, in, in a certain way that, that, that uh, may have not been that easy if, if you consume on a daily basis. So I'm a creator. I knew, you know, it's good to stick with one thing and not mm. mixing it all up. And uh, and and so that that was for me a a a, a way to do it. So and I, I assume they can, this can be different uh, a lot of the times. So but did you have a way of writing songs, especially in the beginning? Like you say, it's this fountain of, of creativity. But did you have a way? I always wrote the same way. It's like um, you know, it was never really so much for me about songs, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I I always start with this, with the fascination of the single string, you know. Mm. But I was. Very fascinated with the with what Stewart and Jeff Beck, um, you know, like Robert Plant and, and Jimmy Page, that mm-hmm. kind of relationship in music, you know, mm-hmm. with a great singer and a great guitarist taking turns, you know, right. fantastic, you know, and uh, it's it's just that is the thing. Um, so basically, um, like I said before, the metal music was the screen, and then the the lead mm-hmm. guitar goes on top of it. But, you know, the singer starts off the song, you know, on a, a grounded, and then I take it, you know, to another level, uh, to an adventure mm-hmm. for the people who understand it. And then the singer takes it back to the, to the, to the song, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I get that moment um, where I can do this. And, you know, I, I, and I always, uh, you know, use that moment very, very, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like, uh, I make sure... It's it's not too long. It's not too mm. big. It's not overloaded and just tasty enough that you know that it, it 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 keeps you wanting more maybe or whatever you know that kind of thing. That it is uh, um, you know it leaves an impression you know mm-hmm. and uh, a good one and uh, um, that writing process that I have used or. The way we did it in the beginning with the, um, well, you know, with the Scorpions, I was writing, I would always sing the melody okay. at the same time with what I was picking to Klaus. And, uh, and, and, and then he would, you know, pick up on, on that and then start maybe adding his own little things to it. Um, and um, with, with Phil... I have noticed that many songs like Try Me, um, Love to Love, um, you know, quite a few songs, Dr. Doctor, started off as an instrumental. Mm, And because they liked the instrumental, you know, like Phil, for instance, he liked what I played as an instrumental. That that was basically the song. But then let's strip down the the, the, the lead guitar Mm -hmm. And he, he let me hear the chords so I can maybe come up with something to sing to. So basically he would sing to it and then we put the instrumental in the middle, right. you know. And that way, that's how Try Me came out and, uh, and, and other things, you know, quite a few. And that was one of the things. And, 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 but in general, the way of writing is, you know, I play and discover. I don't call it practice. I just, because I, I love to play. I, I, I call it play because it's, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I discover something once in a while. And then when I do, I quickly record it. And that's how, you know, I collect riffs and stuff like that. And then when it's time to make a record, 
I, I listen back, you know, and go, ah, that riff, and then mm. it inspires me, and I'll complete the song, and and then, you know, I, I uh, um, and then it goes to the next person who needs to deal with it. <laughs> Fair enough. You mentioned both the, uh, Scorpions and, and UFO, and it, you were quite young when you when you played in both bands. Was yeah. it, what I've always wondered is, was, was it at that age a, a difficult decision for you to, to go with UFO and then kind of leave your home and, and, and the comfort zone that you had? Well, first of all, I always said to the Scorpions that if, if an English band would ask me to join, I would do it, no Why? doubt. Why? Huh? Why? Oh, because in Germany there was no... Uh, there was disco, there was nothing, nobody was interested and understood what I was doing on a single string. <laughs> But right. in, in, in England, that's where it came from, people were entertained by that, plus it was actually accepted as a profession, you know. So you had lots of people over there, and so I wanted to be there, regardless of what the band would okay. be, who asked me, you know. Yeah. UFO, I, I didn't pick, they asked me, I went like, I'll mm -hmm. go. I turned to, um, all of a psychedelic rock, I made, you know, turned them in a hard rock band, metal band even maybe, at some point, you know, with some of the songs. And uh, so the Scorpions always knew. And, and, uh, but, you know, I always say the Scorpions profited from all my moves I made, you know. It was not like, oh, Michael, like, selfish person and stuff like this. No, okay. it's something good. Look, first of all, I'm my own person. I have my own vision, sure. okay? Sure. I don't need to follow my brother's vision or anybody else's vision. Everybody has the right to, to, to do their own thing and nothing to do with selfish, okay? And the other thing is... That everything I did, they copied, Rudolf copied, you know, and so therefore I took them with me. I took them with mm -hmm. me all the way. It's, you know, the first album we made, I was 15 years old, Lonesome Crow. Right. It was internationally recognized immediately because of a, like the old drummer used to call Klaus Pizza Singer. But, you know, that Pizza Singer is a great singer, you know. <laughs> It's Klaus, you know. And, uh, and the, um, And because I was 15 years old, and I my first song I wrote was In Search of Peace of Mind, which still has one of my favorite lead breaks in it. I don't see anything wrong with that lead break. Uh, the, others, the others on Lonesome Crow, they are uh, uh, not developed yet, you know, mm -hmm. but Lonesome uh, 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 In Search of Peace of Mind, it's, it's like the same with Leslie West's theme of imaginary of an imaginary western there's nothing wrong with it it's timeless it's always right, right. And, and stairway to heaven the same thing and uh, and and somehow um, so basically um, what was the point um, you being your own man and then kind of yeah uh, and so and, and 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 basically the scorpions you know Rudolf especially he he copied all the way i wrote songs he had no clue what to do you know mm -hmm. he he didn't know anything but he watched what i did and i got Klaus in the band for him because mm -hmm. he had nothing to offer on the guitar anyway he couldn't have gotten Klaus because Klaus wouldn't have, what do you, what do i do with you <laughs> it's just like but i brought him in you know and i was six and a half years younger than Rudolf but they credited themselves for my composition, mm. uh, which I didn't, I, you know, didn't notice before, but I kind of figured it out just recently, you know, when I looked back. Uh, right. And so, but anyway, the, that that uh, the um, the Scorpions always knew, and I personally think that they profited mm. every step I made. They profited because they were always linked to me because right. I was a part of it, and Rudolf, my brother, was in the band. And Klaus was the one 
who was in the band with me before we joined the Scorpions. So there's always a link, and there was no way to escape, and because they always were able to go um, featuring Michael Schenker from UFO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they right. did anyway. And so therefore they were always you know, following very close to where I was going. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. In, in that period, especially early 70s, um, and like you say, you have a very uh, distinctive way of playing and playing the guitar and, and the bands that were around at that time. Were you kind of aware of what was going on, where hard rock was going, where, where that music was going? Is it, uh, I was aware of Led Zeppelin and all that stuff. I was aware of the distortion and mm. I was aware of that the distortions, when that came out, when Black Sabbath uh, introduced that down, down distortion guitar, mm. when that was pres- became present I, and I did it myself, I realized that that was the ultimate way of expressing anything. Uh, you know, you know the, the combination of how you can deal with one, just pressing one tone and hit. It's a combination lock. You can bend it, you can do a vibrato, you can hit it once, you can hit it twice, you can stop hitting it, you wait for a while, you can start again. Right. I mean, it's endless, you know. And that was, for me... The, uh, based on the question, what was the question? Well, kind of if you were aware of, of the music that was coming yeah, out. Yeah, because and I used that, you know, that was the metal music that is still today metal. Right. <laughs> and, and I used it as a screen. So, I, of course, I was aware because I used it as a screen to put my, uh, the, 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 art of, uh, uh, the, the art of lead guitar playing with pure self-expression on it. <laughs> In a sense, could you uh, uh, predict that it was going to be as big as as it got? Well, when I started playing, I didn't Mm. want to be famous. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to enjoy playing my guitar. That was my number one priority. I never noticed when people cheated me. I never noticed anything. I was music. Mm. I was playing music. And believe me, lots of people, (laughs) if I look back, they just took anything they wanted, you know. Mm. But sometimes people say, you know, didn't you worry that you want maybe make no earn no money and you sit on the street and stuff like no no it was just not important i had everything you know my my needs were the only thing that needed to be taken care of i had no luxury thoughts it was only needs i needed roof over the head i always had that you know food and 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 the guitar of course and uh, you know it, it was i think Deep inside myself, I, I knew exactly who I was, yeah. you know. Um, but I just, there was no doubt about it, you know, that it was just, uh, I loved the whole thing. I loved 
I love to go to hospitals picking up mattresses, building a studio, a, a rehearsal room. I love to go to my dad's uh, a wood uh, uh, place, pick up wood to create a division wall with my, with my drummer. Uh, I, I love to uh, actually design the Scorpions logo and put it on the furniture truck. They mm. kept basically the same logo. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed all of that. I enjoyed sitting in a bus singing Beatles songs on the way to the concert. Man, time, it was like now, you know, it was like the now. You, you, it was so enjoyable mm. that you didn't think of any crisis or, or you right. couldn't have this or couldn't have, everything was always there. And, you know, when I, even when I went to, to join UFO, I couldn't speak English, but that was good. It was all music only. Right. <laughs> Well, I find it interesting because I read somewhere that you wrote an autobiography yeah, yeah, yeah. and then destroyed it. Yeah, yeah. Threw it because away. I realized then, you know, because I had this idea that if I was able to write a book without holding back at all, hmm. that I would be very, very, you know, like almost had it, it, it I said like a key uh, um, halfway to paradise, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And somehow, something I felt that that if I can do that fearlessly, mm -hmm. that that it something would happen, you know. And and I did. And the thing is, because I did it from my heart, right. as if I was really going to do it, because I was sure. going to release it. I was going to release it until when it was written. Said like, what? What if my? What if my neighbors, you know, pass my mum, you know, <laughs> and and and. And people probably, you know, uh, uh, um, if you're that honest, you know, to, to every, they, they eat you probably with, with right. you know. And so somehow I was given warnings, you know, not to do it. Mm -hmm. but, but it was like, you don't release the mission complete. Destroy, you have done your part. Right. It's almost like you're going into a... Um, you know, it's like when people do, write diaries. They write right. down their thoughts or they go in a box Catholics and, and, and tell the priest Confession. something. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like that. It was a therapeutic book, you know. But because of its honest approach, it had, its, it had, had its effect and results. And, and so, that, that, well, that, well, you know, that, that was that. It's interesting because uh, doing something like that is very nostalgic. You look back at, at all. Was was there one story, one, one highlight that that immediately stuck out for you, going going back through through the years and then looking at, at what you've done? No, it was it was it was about a personal defects and stuff like okay. that. Okay. It was more like guilt feelings, you know. Right. It was more about making an elephant out of a mouse <laughs> because once you talk about it, it's nothing. Right. You see what I mean? But you're stuck in a place where, where, where the mouse is an elephant mm. and it happens to many people. But you have to go through the process to realize that it was nothing. Right. So if, if we, because we definitely don't have time to go through everything. So if we move to maybe a, a year ago, because you've written so many pieces of music, once it came time to write for Resurrection, Pardon? once it uh, once it came time for uh, writing for Resurrection for the new album, yeah, yeah, did you have a vision of, of what you wanted, what kind of music you wanted? Basically, it's you know I am who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't think about. Okay. I don't think what I want to do. I just do, and and that is it. I take from within infinite the infinite spring of creativity mm -hmm. and that's where I'm home I've been doing it for so many years you know and that's where I go in that sense do you need a 
a mood or a mindset? No. Or can it be no. any time? Nothing. Nothing at all. Okay. It is just simply, you know, I play and discover. Mm. And you may, some people may think when they play, oh, they will remember this part. You know, I've tr done it many times. I tried to remember. It never turned out again the same. It never gave me the same mm. thing. But you have to, you have to capture it on, on, on cassette, you know. Right. Because half a year later, you listen to it. You know, it, it goes like, you go like, wow. That, that's it, you know, and it it's inspires you to write mm -hmm. the next parts, you know, and that's how, I, that's how I do it. It's just like something that came out of nowhere at some point, you capture it, you put it on hold, and you use it when it's time. Mm -hmm. And obviously uh, a lot of your, your uh, vocalists are back, uh, all of the, well, four of them are on this record. What made you, because obviously that's, that's from Michael Schenker Fest, but what made you decide then to go and make an album? Uh, using that well, kind get of step dynamic. Well, step by step, you know, it's just like everything else that I did that happened because of something that happened before, you know, and so if you go like Temple of Rock, um, we did, you know, with Francis and Herman and mm. Doogie and Wayne Findlay, um, we were playing, offered a, a gig in a, 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 a tour in Japan with a, a Graham Bonnet as a support band and mm. singing a song with us. We, we agreed to that and that must have kind of clicked something in me. And when I announced, you know, after four years of touring, two live DVD CDs, and, uh, two studio albums with Temple of Rock, I, I decided to, to, you know, we need a bit of, we just released a a, a, a live uh, um, DVD at mm -hmm. that point, a Spirit on a Mission, and, and, and I said, you know, like, we, ha we need to have a break, we cannot keep going and round and round and round, you know, it's just sometimes you need a little break, get a bit of distance, so it's kind of being wanted more again later, or, you know, but we need to have a little break, and, and so the, the live DVD will keep the fence, you know, uh, 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 going. And, um, and so everybody went their own ways and, and did something else. And so I went like, you know what? This is like, uh, I feel I'm in celebration time, definitely, since 2008, when all of a sudden I wanted to be in sta on stage. I was mm. always stage fright. I never wanted to be, I never really could deal with stage. But 2008, I wanted to be on stage. And I took that as a sign. That's interesting, because what changed? What, what? Well, in the first, it's three, three, uh, three uh, um, stages in my life. The first stage was when I made my musical contribution to the world that impacted uh, many mm -hmm. generations. Uh, I never knew that until much later. <laughs> okay. I never intended to do anything. Uh, it, it unconsciously was created. Uh, Kirk Hammett says, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I did not focus on anything like that. And uh, in sp especially when Lights Out, 76, I was 21 years old, mm -hmm. uh, became a hit. I ran away. <laughs> Because now it became serious. Now mm. people expect it. Now it became a must, etc., etc. But Pete persuaded me to come back. Two months later, I came back and carried on with Obsession and Strangers in the Night. But you know that was when I was 23 years old in '78, and then uh, I did the Strangers in the Night, left UFO. They then Scorpions asked me to help them out with mm -hmm. the Love Drive, which I did. And then they didn't want to let me go because it worked out so well, and I opened the doors for America for them, and so. I really had to struggle myself away from them and uh, to, and I wanted you know I had my own vision I wanted to to um, you know at 23 I had 
um, uh, um, experience how it is like on top, you know. Sure. And, the, and I'm very grateful for that because it's, un, it's versus like a situation you have to make a, such a decision, as I tell you in a second, uh, without having experienced that, it may be much harder because mm -hmm. you might think you missed something. So I was there, mm -hmm. I could look at it and say, this is not necessarily what I want. Mm -hmm. It's not really that attractive to me. I think right. I'm more happy and satisfied with focusing on music, experimenting with music, looking at life and dealing with life and learn from life, etc., etc. So that was my middle years and they were the most rewarding years and they made that change in me, you know, and then all of a sudden, 2008, I wanted to be on stage. So I took that as a sign. So I, 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 I had a, a record company uh, in acoustic for 10 years. It's actually a cable company, but they also releasing CDs. But I was secure there. I, I felt good. I was with Lundleck in a, in a, in a loop again, right. but not quite yet, you know. So from 90 to 2005, I was in Arizona building a recording studio and was completely out. Uh, okay. then, nobody knew what, what was going on with Michael. But 2008, that feeling came and I took that as a sign that it was time for me to at least put one leg in it. Right. And then, you know, now that uh, eventually I signed with Nuclear Plus, that was my last attempt. <laughs> and I, 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 they had to kind of approach me over and over before I finally gave in and said, OK, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that I did. That's interesting then, because what makes it worth it? What makes you kind of step back into it? Yeah, it's because, you know, the, everything had its reason. When I, like, for instance, I say I wanted to experiment with music. Mm -hmm. You can't experiment with music if you're in a serious money-making band. Right, <laughs> sure. You know? So I didn't want to be in a serious money-making band. I wanted to experiment with music where nobody tells me you can't do this, okay? So I created Michael Schenker Group, where mm. I was able to do that, you know, even though that was yet not perfect, but it was at least my own group, and I had some sort of free. Peter Mensch sent me straight back to Aerosmith to jam with them. <laughs> and I went like, wow, I'm going in circles, you know? I just came down, he's sending me back up. But then in 90, eventually, I was free, you know? And so... Um, what was the question? And then well, what, what made you, because now you signed yeah. uh, with Nuclear Blast, so, so you've always had maybe one, one foot yeah, 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 in yeah. it. So, so it, was a, it was a slow, you know, getting in and then uh, 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 realizing, realizing that uh, even, even those 10 years with an acoustic with one leg in, it was still a period of development, you mm -hmm. know, to get slowly in. So the middle years took effect since 2008, mm. but in a step-by-step. Step. So actually, I was 11 years old again in 2008 right. and right. developed in speed and light speed back right. to the place that I left when I was 23. So basically, I was... When the um, Michael Schenker Fest, the, after the DVD, that's when the record companies approached me, mm. you know, because they saw the potential of that. And especially after I said, well, what should happen next? Oh, maybe Michael Schenker Fest in the studio. Mm. And I had a funny concept with it, you know, like with um, big table and big feast on the, on, the, on the thing with the studio behind us and having a fest in the studio, you know, that's how it right. started. But um, I said, I kept saying, uh, you know, that my representative said like, you know, I'm, yeah, via uh, my representative, Nuclear Plus, was the most attractive uh, uh, company because they were also German and they, they were, you know, very professional and they had a good reputation, etc. 
and uh, legally it was easier to deal with. And um, but I kept saying no. I I I was not ready. I thought you know, and I went no no. I kept saying Michael Foss called me up. Come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. Everybody kind of put me like you know, and then eventually. Uh, my representative said, like, you know, I think it's time. I think you should, you can actually do this. You should maybe do this. And I, I kind of looked at it and I said, if he says it, I at least have got the blessing of my representative. But, you know, I'm not the same Michael Schenker anymore. Right. Anyway, so what I used to uh, uh, hide behind, etc., was not really necessary anymore because I, <laughs> it's like you, you are a horse that wants to run, but you have a wall around you, right. you know? So I don't, didn't need that anymore. And plus, Michael Schenker Fest was a much bigger undertaking mm. that needed that kind of support like Nuclear Plus. So I ended up, you know, signing with them, and I'm very happy today I did. And funny thing is, we both ended up at the same, at the same event okay. receiving an award. Me for the Axman, the Axman Award from Hard Rock right. Hill and Nuclear Plus, the best label. Uh, okay. uh, and I just signed with them, which is unbelievable. Finally, then, there's one bit that we've touched upon, but which I want to talk about because you mentioned you didn't really realize the influence you had earlier in your career. So when somebody like uh, Kirk Hammett, who you mentioned, says that to you, and he's, he went on to form Metallica, one of the biggest bands uh, of all time. So what does that do to you when, when people come up to you and say, well, you made me play a guitar, or you... I just simply, I understand the logic behind it because it's a link. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, Jeff Beck did the same thing to me, and I, I do this to you, and you will do it to somebody else. It's, mm -hmm. We are in that link, right. <laughs> as simple as that, you know. But it, it depends on who, who you are. If you are a musician, if you... If your dream is, I want to be rich and famous, mm. and so I follow a trend to get the piece of the pie, mm. they probably l get affected differently if somebody says something like, oh, you influence me, stuff like that. Yeah, because there is maybe the agenda is different. Mm. For me, it was, I had no, I didn't want to be famous. I didn't want to be on stage either. I didn't really want any of those things, but when, all of a sudden you get awards, you go like, wow, I never expected anything like this. This is unbelievable, you know? And then, you know, again, like when Kirk, I met him in, uh, in 97, we were, uh, uh, he was one of, uh, including myself, 10 of the most influential guitarists, uh, American guitar magazine, guitar or something. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and Peter Mensch, because I lived with him for two years, and he, he well, he, not then he told me, but later he told me that, that uh, I think when I was touring with Def Leppard, that, that I was Kirk's Santa Claus. But anyway, it, it, it just took a long time until Kirk finally, you know, maybe he must have uh, uh, expressed it so often that Eddie Trunk was maybe saying to him, look, look I, I helped you putting something together. So Eddie Trunk from that, uh, uh, that metal show in New York, I don't know if you know about it, mm. the, uh, he arranged for Kirk and myself, it's a TV show, um, to jam together, you know. And so we met uh, just before the show and, and hello, and we did the interview and stuff like this and we went on stage and we jammed together and and so on. And then a few days later, he came uh, to our concert and jammed with us, you know. And uh, so he, he was a fan and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and a friend and played in the biggest band of the world. And so, a uh, biggest band in the world. And so I said, hey, Kirk, you want to play on my record? 
and, and he went for it, you know. And actually, the management even paid for the flight okay. he wanted to record in, in Hawaii. Mm. And uh, the management uh, uh, paid for Michael Foster's, uh, uh, because, you know, and, and, and paid for his flight over there. He sent pictures back. And uh, it was Kirk with the biggest screen and smile in his face and with the guitar and the basketball hat. And, uh, and uh, he looked like a 20-year-old uh, teenager with his casual outfit, uh, you know, Hawaii, sun and, right. and warm. And so it was funny, you know, so I, I, I'm really happy he did that and, and I'm sure he had a great time. Finally then, because you uh, mentioned uh, that you don't care about money and, and, and those kind of things. But when for you will this album, Resurrection, be a success? Hmm? When will this album for you be a success? Or, or oh, it's already. It's, it's already because I love that combination of... You know, that, that uh, you know, instead of having three songs each, you know, I wanted to have, um, I wanted to have some songs where all the voices, you know, mix up together. And uh, Michael Foss, he, he helped me enormously with that. And then overnight, he said, Mike, look what I've got. I, I, I wrote some lyrics and some um, 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 melody to, 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 to that composition that you made. And he played it, I went like, this is fantastic. This is perfect, you know for the whole band to sing and he did the same we did the same with Last Supper and then we had different combinations of vocals singing together I sang with Gary and with Doogie because mm -hmm. um, away and then Robin was singing with somebody backing vocals and then the band was singing Warrior and so on so for me it's a success you know for me it's about celebration for mm -hmm. me it's about I'm celebrating the era of Handmade Rock and I, ex and, 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 and I celebrate the the Michael Schenker Fest, and I celebrate being together with the original singers from the 80s, and maybe one day we're going to have the ultimate, the ultimate Michael Schenker Fest, uh, where we have, you know, in 2019, it's going to be 50 years of recording for Klaus Meine and mm -hmm. myself, and uh, the box, the Scorpions box shouldn't have been released uh, uh, when it was, mm -hmm. because it's, th th there was no Klaus Meine there when right. they started, the 16 was dance music, it was hit parade, so it started with the Lonesome Crow, and that's, uh, it's, it's due in 1990, and the release date was a different one, but that's when we were in the recording studio, when I was 15, and so maybe Klaus sings with me one of these days, when I'm alone, you know, in search of peace of mind, um, and uh, maybe even Phil Mock will come on and sing a few songs, you know, of Strangers in the Night, because it's, uh, it's, the, 80, it's the 40th anniversary of, mm -hmm. of Strangers in the Night, and uh, in, 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 in 2018, and I'm sure he's very busy making something out of that because I gave him the, the name back for free, you know. So he should be, he's the proud owner of a brand name now. And he can, you know, design and have his fun with that. And so, you know, who knows that uh, it keeps going to close, to, you know, to complete the cycle. Uh, that's how I started the first recording with Klaus Meiner uh, singing as a singer. And maybe... If uh, maybe if, if we are fortunate, uh, we we can have a, a nice uh, you know a closing the cycle uh, ex experience. Is is that important to you? That that because obviously you, you've played and you know the guys well, but to to kind of close that cycle to make it not really not necessarily. I kind of believe that what has what what needs to happen will happen. Okay. And I'm not the creator of the universe, right. and I'm not the designer, so I leave that up to the Almighty mm -hmm. what uh, should be, what is around the next corner. But, you know, you, you, are, you, you have a, 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 the, the, you know, God-given intelligence and stuff like that, and so you can be creative 
and 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 have visions and mm. and go for it, but don't insist on it mm. because the external world is unpredictable. <laughs> so if you if you insist on your results, you're in a bad in a bad place. But when it flows and it looks like it's wow, it's just like everybody's enjoying it. That's something that to be happy about. All right, Michael, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.